Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is September 27th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over the Dolphins' massive historic victory against the Denver Broncos. I have to preface this by saying I am a little bit under the weather, still dealing with COVID-19. Uh, so I may, uh, you know, misspeak at times or I may, you know, sound a little funky on the mic. I apologize for all of that. Uh, hopefully, uh, that's why the episode was delayed a little bit. Uh, but hopefully I'm at the tail end of that and I can make a, a recovery and have things back to normal uh, by next week's game. But uh, to talk about this one a little bit, the Dolphins had this historic monster victory, defeating the Broncos by a score of 70 to 20. Uh, you know, as you're all probably aware, they had a chance to break the record for the most points in a single game. The Dolphins had an opportunity to kick a field goal with time running down and to be the sole leaders of most points in a single game in NFL history. Something I don't think I would ever catch myself saying. And that was a reality for a moment. Now, uh, Coach McDaniel elected to instead kneel the ball out of respect for the opposing team and their staff. And, you know, overall, that was the right decision, I think, in my mind. No one's going to argue against it. If they were to have kicked it, I mean, that's fine, too. But after the game, McDaniel would say that they weren't chasing points. Uh, You know, uh, having that record wouldn't have affected the outcome of the season, which is, you know, pretty true. It's cool to have that record. But off the top of our heads, how many of us were aware that this team even had the record to begin with? So, of course, the main objective here is to get a Super Bowl. That's something that we will always remember and truly would signify that the team has reached a pinnacle uh, more than just getting this record. Uh, But overall, I mean, there's games where we can point out a lot of critiques from. There's games where we can kind of Point out a a few here and there, especially this season. The Dolphins have been doing pretty good. But this is a rare instance that I have not had on the podcast where it's almost impossible to look at any point of this team and say that they did a bad job or that there's a criticism. Even Tua, who I've mentioned in the past, when he has those monster games like how he does, you know, once or twice uh, in a season uh, before this, and I'd point to that interception here and there, but Now, I mean, there is nothing across the board. The offensive line stepped up in a massive way that I don't think in my lifetime I've ever seen from this team. The receiving group did a a fairly good job, of course, spearheaded by Tyreek Hill, and he was the one who was able to do the bulk of the work, but they did pretty good. But then the running backs here, if you look at the stats that they produced in this one with Devon uh, Achon here, 203 yards rushing, which is the most by a rookie in Dolphins history. He added 30 receiving yards and he had four touchdowns in this game. So a massive performance from him. And then Raheem Mostert, 82 yards rushing, 60 yards receiving, and four for him. So you had eight combined touchdowns between these two running backs. Just a monster performance. Uh, The offensive line stepped up in a big way. Of course, uh, Coach McDaniel's play calls, which we'll talk about in a bit, were uh, huge, just if not the biggest factor in this overall offensive success, just massive. And then Tua himself also, uh, you know, helping in a big way here. So I know I usually start the episode by talking about Tua, but I do want to talk about this running back group here. Raheem Mostert, uh, you know, there were talks of him uh, early on in this season. I was, uh, you know, a big proponent as well of looking at this area as a position where you could upgrade. And the main guy that we've all been pointing to uh, was Jonathan Taylor. At at, at a a brief point in time, it was also Dalvin Cook who ended up uh, signing with the New York Jets. But the main guy here was always Jonathan Taylor because we were looking at this 
Uh, you know, Raheem Mostert is getting up there in age. He has issues staying healthy. Jeff Wilson has issues staying healthy, as we have seen now with him being on IR. Uh, you know, Savon Ahmed, uh, you know, has his flashes of brilliance, but there were some concerns. Could he handle that much of a workload throughout the course of a season? But then we had this interesting rookie as well thrown in the mix, uh, Devon Achan, and, or Achan. And uh, there's a name correction. I know everyone had been previously saying A-Chain, but apparently his team says it's pronounced A-Chan. So he's thrown in the mix as well. And I think he had a pretty solid preseason, but he didn't necessarily jump out the paper. His speed was definitely there, but his cuts or maybe it was the offensive line didn't really give him too much to work with. So he didn't really have too many plays where he showcased that he was going to be a guy who took off in a big way. But what we have seen from Mostert and now in H, uh, from HN in this game is something completely different. Raheem Mostert is running aggressively. He is running powerful. He is still one of the fastest guys in the league and is able to bounce it to the outside with ease. But in this game, we saw him just bulldozing into people. It seemed like once the Dolphins were in the five-yard line of the opposing team, it was a guarantee that he was going to get a touchdown because he was running that hard. And then when Devon HN stepped on the field, his speed... He was able to bob and weave in between these tiny creases, and he was just gone. It was just completely different. And it brought up this point that I've been seeing on Twitter uh, quite a bit, is that the Dolphins offense is implementing something brand new uh, that we're seeing. Uh, we've seen glimpses of it with other teams, like how Debo Samuels used, but the Dolphins are really maximizing it. And it's kind of interesting, and it's the idea of positionless football, because if you look across the board, a lot of these guys for the Dolphins are just strictly based on what they can do speed-wise. Uh, Tyreek Hill isn't the biggest guy. Braxton Berrios isn't the biggest guy. Neither is Jalen Waddle. Neither is Chosen Anderson. The running back group, H-Hand, is not that big. Uh, Mostert, you know, might be the exception here. Savan Ahmed's not that big. They're all kind of roughly the same prototypical build, and they all offer just absolute home run speed. And if you look at NFL's next-gen stats, the top five, uh, ball carrier speed plays of the entire season so far is all Miami Dolphins players. That is no joke. And this is, you know, in large part, Mike McDaniel's able to get these guys going with these pre-snap motions where they're already in stride and defenses aren't able to stop them. But this roster is also offensively built around this idea of speed. And it kind of, you know, there's elements where it's like, okay, maybe you wish you had that big body receiver. But they're showing right now that Basically, Tyreek Hill, the way he is motioning back and forth and getting a lot of these sweet plays or these tap passes, almost Debo Samuel-esque in a lot of those ways because he's running it from out of the backfield so much. Of course, he makes a ton of downfield plays, so I'm not saying that that's his only role. Same thing with Eric Azukama. Jalen Waddle, we've seen him utilize like that in the past as well. It's kind of showing this new age of football where there is just so much movement and it's so hard to stop. And when you have all these guys with so much speed at every single position, even though they're not the biggest, it is just absolutely deadly and fun to watch. So I love what I saw from HN. I'm hoping that continues. I imagine his workload as he was battling back from an injury to start the season, uh, you know, will be getting up there. Uh, Raheem Mostert, I expect to see more of uh, the same from him. And then uh, this was a game, again, 70 points, and that was without Jalen Waddle out there. Absolutely terrifying to think what this offense can do. So there have been games in the past where we can point to more success from Tua. I think Tua's stat line in this one, ridiculous again, to say the least. 
four touchdown passes, 309 yards, 23 for uh, for 26, only three incompletions and no picks. Uh, you know, he had these marvelous just, you know, you can watch it on a tape, on a loop, over and over. This no-look shovel pass to A-Chan that was just an absolutely wonderful play call by Mike McDaniel, just designed beautifully. And that was great to see. But he is just getting so confident when all these guys are moving pre-snap and that he is kind of doing these rollouts that are almost a misdirection, flipping his head around in an instant and throwing it downfield with just precise accuracy. It's just crazy to watch. And I I think, you know, uh, McDaniel's getting a ton of credit for this, and some people are even stripping some of that away from Tua. But just because he is in a system or he found a scheme that maximizes what he's good at doesn't mean that he is not doing good. He is should be the guy who is on a whole different tier when it comes to the MVP conversation. He should be leading that category with relative ease. But I see the only kind of counter-argument that people are making to that that is that uh, the scheme is benefiting him so highly, which I don't agree with, or his weapons are. Tua is playing absolutely magnificently. So when you look at the other side of the ball here, the defense, did they give up 20 points? Yeah, but I mean, they were on the field a ton because this offense was just carving up the Broncos' D with complete ease. So uh, that doesn't mean the Dolphins' defense slacked off by any means. As a matter of fact, they set up the offense countless time here Uh, and I think the the main one who stuck out that needs a ton of props in this game on the defensive side of the ball is a guy who is the number one ranked safety right now in football according to pro football focus and that is Javon Holland I've said this just about after every game he led the team in tackles yet again but not only in this game did he lead the team in tackles he had two forced fumbles almost identical plays where he punched the ball out of wide receiver Cortland Sutton's hands and set up the Dolphins with really good field position. Just absolutely marvelous heads-up plays. The Dolphins' defense all over the field. We saw some good performances by other guys in the secondary who, uh, you know, are considered more of depth pieces, but Deshaun Elliott, another good performance from him with two pass breakups. One of those was in the end zone. And then uh, two tackles for a loss uh, from Justin Bethel. So overall, a great game uh, from this Dolphins secondary here. And the same way that we talked about the offense and how well they're doing without Jalen Waddell, uh, this defense is still missing all-pro cornerback Jalen Ramsey. That is terrifying to think of about what's going to happen when these two guys are back on the field for Miami. So the Dolphins will look ahead next week, and they'll stay at home, and they'll be playing against the Buffalo Bills. Now, this is a game, when you look at it, by all means, this is the most exciting game of the week. You could chalk it up already. It should be a primetime game, but this game will be uh, the same time. It will be a noon game as of right now. So I don't expect the Dolphins' uh, uh, offense to be slowed uh, slowed down by the Buffalo Bills' defense that much. I know historically... Uh, you know, especially early on into his career, he really struggled offensively against the Buffalo Bills. Um, but I don't expect him this year to really slow down the Dolphins. I think the Bill, uh, I mean, the, the Patriots were able to do it uh, to some degree because they're able to also play a weird kind of positionless form of defense with a ton of safeties out there on the field and kind of able to slow down uh, guys like Tyreek Hill in that kind of way. But I don't expect the Bills to be able to do it. One thing, though, that I will say with the Buffalo Bills I don't think anyone's on the Dolphins' uh, level when it comes to their offense, 
But if you look at the tier below them, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are always able to bust out a handful of games where Mahomes just goes crazy. So maybe he can do that. And then Josh Allen always has a few games up his sleeve where he's able to pull out these monster performances. So there's always a chance that that could be the case. So, uh, you know, I said heading into this game that I'm sure opponents who play against the Dolphins will look to slow down the pace of the game by getting a running game involved against them. But I don't know if that's really going to work against any opponent because Mike McDaniel just seems so savvy, seems so relentless when it comes to just being aggressive offensively that I don't know if that's going to work. And I think if a team tries to slow it down, they may just get left behind. So guys, that is how I'm going to end this episode. If you have any topics, questions, things you'd like for me to discuss in the next episode, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. Would gladly do so. Uh, if you'd like to follow me on there, that is at ShadySteven and at Via the Source. I greatly appreciate it. But guys, until next time, I'm Stephen Masso. This was Via the Source. <laughs>